Welcome to True Health Live. We explore and acknowledge basic truths in public health. If you're a student or a public health professional or just plain curious about public health in general, then this is the place for you. Join us. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here on True Health Live. I'm Deidre Sully. I'm joined by my co-host, Precious Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Great day, good day. I'm like, I don't think they heard you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Great day, everyone. <laughs> I feel like this is the setup for like the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it has. So, it's just us today. Our uh, other two co-hosts couldn't join us. Like, there's like, you know, people have family obligations, but they will be back. Um, our next time around when we're talking about, um, still talking about our health screenings, we are still on our preventative medicine uh, series. So today, uh, well, actually, let me back up. So last time we talked about preventive or preventative medicine, whichever you decide to use, um, and the benefits thereof and why we have it, why it's useful, you know, it's placed in public health. And um, we're focusing on specifically health screening. So today we're talking about exams for the bum, colonoscopies, <laughs> bum bum exams, <laughs> want to call it. It sounds more funny than it really is. So today we're going to be talking about the what it is, why we're supposed to get it, who's supposed to get it, um, when do you get it, uh, and um, some stats like, you know, what's happening with people who are um, who would need um, screening. And um, we also have a story that was shared with us. So as we're going through these different series, I'm gonna you know, just say again, if you want to share your screening story, please feel free to reach out. You can reach us at truehealthlive at gmail.com or you can hit me up in the DMs, um, True Health Live on Instagram or on Facebook, um, or you can reach out to DJ Sully on uh, Instagram or Facebook or Gmail. Um, either way. Greetings, Sovereignese. Thank you so much for joining us. Greetings. <laughs> Peace. Uh, this is a great day, and bum bum exam sounds wrong. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Thank you so much. It doesn't sound right. Okay, let's just call it colonoscopy. I was trying to make it, like, softer, um, but I don't know if you can, anything being inserted into the record, I don't know if it's uh, soft or not. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't know. Um, so, we're going to talk about colonoscopy. So let's start from the beginning. Like, so what is it? So it is in uh, what we call an endoscopic exam. And endoscopic means it's, in, it's going inside of the body, endo, and scope meaning a uh, camera to see. So it's an endoscopic examination um, that is of your, your bowel, your large bowel or your large intestine, and um, going into like the first part of the um the small intestines, what they call the distal um, area of the, the small intestine. So it's going in uh, pretty far. I can't remember off the top of my head how long the large bowel is, but it's going in pretty far because if we think about, you know, when we think about the body when we see diagrams, like, so let's say this bottom is the rectum, the goes through the rectum and then all the way up around into the colon. So it's going in pretty far. Um, and it's, um, they use a very long flexible tube that has a camera inside of the, um, the diameter inside of it's, it's all hollowed out so that the camera, a fiber optic camera can fit inside. And then they also, um, insert air. So carbon dioxide to expand or what they call distend the colon so that they can see. Mm -hmm. And as the doctor is, um, you know, um, maneuvering we'll say maneuvering, the tube into the rectum and up through the colon, you know, it's a slow movement. They, the camera is showing them on um, a television screen what they, you know, whatever it is that they're looking for, any abnormalities, polyps, um, things like that. Um, yeah, so far. Anything you want to add, Preston, before I keep going? Yeah, no, um, just, I mean, I know we all hear about the dreaded colonoscopy, right? Yeah. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that it's actually one of the more frequently used screenings or accessed screenings, you know, secondary to, of course, um, 
mammograms and pap smears. But as far as, you know, screenings that apply to both men and women, uh, the colonoscopy, if you're over 45, is very, very common. Um, yeah. and, because, and it's common because not only does it um, screen for cancer, but also those polyps, right? Which is right. of the preventive side right. of, of that particular, of this particular screening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, moving on into the when, this, I mean, the why. So why, you know, are they important um, most times? Because you're screening for any abnormalities, like uh, things that could lead to cancer or be signs of cancer. So if you have rectal bleeding or your even your bowel movements, because remember, this is a colonoscopy. So it is it is viewing the whole of your colon. Um, so if you have uh, changes in bowel movements, um, anything that is abnormal or irregular for you, and if you're uh, also uh, 45 plus, you'll want to talk to your physician about, you know, um, these signs and symptoms and get a colonoscopy. Because again, remember the preventive medicine, the screenings are tests that check for any abnormalities before any signs or symptoms exist or before they get out of hand. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I want to ask like, so for those of you in the chat, am I static? We've been having some sound problems lately. Yeah, clear. Good. Okay, good. I don't yeah, you know, maybe, some, maybe my speakers had something in it. I like did one of those, you know, you, you remember the, you, the old Nintendo <laughs> games? <laughs> did you do the uh, Sega like Genesis? The yes, Sega <laughs> Genesis, like the harmonica. And, and, yeah. Yeah, it, we, well, it worked. We Congrats. did all of that just Donnie. So, <laughs> all right, just that's good. That's cool. So, um, just before you go forward with just, you know, a little bit more about the what. For those who are listening to this and you have not, which I have not experienced the colonoscopy, um, what I what I wanted to point out is the the tube that um, Deidre just described is about the the width of your finger. I want to imagine a pinky finger, but even if it were an index finger, it's not this right. So just just so that you can kind of better imagine what what yeah. you're describing, what she's describing. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in either way, it's, it's it's sort of uncomfortable. But again, this is what the air is for to allow easier passage. Um, and they're also, um, you know, you know, as we're talking about the tube, before um, there are preps, there are preps uh, that you go through before to make it a little easier. You know, to empty out the colon. There's like a solution, a bat battery. I think that you take um, so also so they can see, you know, I'm sorry, the barium is for a CT scan. Um, but because there are also different kinds of exams if it, if for screening, they'll do like a virtual colonoscopy, which would be a CT scan. And then they'll create 3D images. But the colonoscopy is more invasive, obviously, than um, a uh, virtual colonoscopy, which is really just like a, a CAT scan. Um, then there's also... There's this also what they call sigmoidoscopy when it's just it's uh it includes like the first part of like your rectum so it's not um, going all all the way in so but either way it is it is invasive in the in the in the along the lines of something being inserted right. into the body but there's no cutting um, and because of the procedure and they're going in so far it's good to know that you know there is light sedation. So there's a, um, you'll be put into, there's a little bit of anesthetic. Um, my, my, uh, both my parents have had them. And um, I remember my mother like being a little bit afraid of the anesthesia um, because, you know, sometimes you hear things about anesthesia, but, um, but because it's, it's not a full on sleep. Um, it's more like a, a twilight. Right, right? Um, yeah. More like a twilight sleep just to relax you. Um, and if the procedure takes about 20 to 30 minutes and they do recommend that because there is that sedation, you know, um, during the procedure, you know, even after the recovery period that you're, you get uh, following the procedure, um, it's recommended that you don't drive um, if, um, so that, you know, if you come alone, fine, but make sure that someone has dropped you off and is picking you up. So that's just a, kind of like a heads up again, especially for those of you who, are, who might be a little bit older and getting a colonoscopy. Um, so yeah, so but as you were saying, Precious, um, the reasons are, you know, we're screening for cancer and other abnormalities, polyps and things like that. And a lot of times 
if you know during the procedure if they see something they can probably kind of snip it right then and there send it off for a biopsy and do some pathology to find out you know look at the cells and see what's happening is it cancerous is it not is it, you know it's been what they call benign um etc cetera, etc cetera. um what else uh so i wanted to just share a little bit about the prep mm -hmm. so um, depending on your lifestyle, right, your diet, um, and what the whether this is truly just um, kind of more to establish a baseline, or perhaps you know you never did take that baseline, and this is to kind of address maybe a concern that your physician has, um, that'll help to determine what sort of prep is recommended. But um, it's always some sort of laxative. Um, and in many cases, there are recommendations for your diet to be adjusted right. um, in order to, you know, even help to prep for the prep. So, for example, if you eat lots of processed foods and meats, it may be requested that you cut back and eat more fruits and vegetables and things that can begin and high fiber foods, things that can begin to sweep out the colon. Um, it may be requested that you increase the amount of water you right. take in, um, mm. which is similar to other screenings that we'll talk about later, where water, um, just like the air, which you did touch on, the air helps to expand. But a lot of times with different scans, the increase in the amount of water you have also allows for things to be um, clearer for those yeah. scans. Um, there will sometimes an enema can be recommended mm -hmm. um, in order to help you, you know, eliminate better. Um, yeah. But I know that prep can be a killer because it's a lot, yeah. right? Um, and it can be very chalky from what I've heard, but it's all a part of the process. And you truly, which the goal is really, um, if you think of your colon like glass, right? You don't, you want the, you want them to have the best view possible. So things have to be as clean and clear as, yeah, as you can get yeah. it so that they're not looking at, you know, the fecal matter, because that's what's in there, right? The fecal yeah. matter that's on the, um, the walls or the lining of the colon, but rather um, what they're truly looking for, which are those mm -hmm. polyps or those growths, um, the polyps that can, um, you know, if if left, um, can can evolve into cancer, which is what you mm -hmm. don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about laxatives and enemas. I promise. That's it. Yeah. It out, though. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to get into like you know who gets um, you know, and we kind of touched on it. Like so individuals who are 45 plus i think at one point it was 50 plus if you're 50 you definitely yes. should be thinking about you know at 50 plus um well 45 but if you're 50 absolutely yes um if you have a history of colon rectal colorectal cancer because it's all in the same family that that difference between whether it's colon or rectal um it really depends on where the the cancer starts um, and the doctor, only the doctor will be able to tell you that. Um, so they sometimes move back and forth between. Like if it's pure colon, they'll say colon cancer. Pure rectal is rectal. But if it's kind of like spread across, they'll usually use like a colorectal. But again, they'll be able to, through by, through pathology, they're able to determine the um, genesis of where um, something like that would start. But generally, we say colorectal cancer. So if there's a history of colorectal cancer, of any of the bowel cancer, any of that, you want to make sure that you um, start those screenings, and probably even before 50, just because you have a family history. Um, again, if you have uh, abnormalities, changes, if there, if you have a history of polyps, like these are the things that are um, key um, and and signals to go and get that screening and have that test done, so you can make sure that you're okay. Um, so yeah, um, um, the other thing is when we talk about colorectal cancer and like, you know, if you have a family history of it, it's good to know, like, you know, five to 10% of colon cancers or colorectal cancers are due to genetic, um, or in hereditary, um, traits. So like, again, if you have that running in your family, then it's really good to make sure that you go get that checked out. And we, we'll talk about some more stuff.
first, I want to, we did, you know, we always ask for people to share their stories. Um, and so we did, we were able to get a story. So, um, Miss B, um, she's currently 62 years old. She's from the Bronx. She shared her colorectal, her, her colonoscopy story. Um, so I'm going to read it. Um, so story time, we get a story time. We, we have to have a story time in a minute. We'll get, we'll get more. Um, so Miss B says, back in 2014, um, I had my first colonoscopy. I was 54 years old. I'll be honest, I don't remember much of that experience. As you get older, the memory begins to go. <laughs> I do recall that the night before I had to drink a gallon of the prescribed medicine that cleans your system out. All night, I was up drinking and using the bathroom. I remember the medicine having a chalk-like taste to it. I had to put it uh, in a big mug to trick myself so I wouldn't focus on the gallon size. And it helped me to finish faster. Did you have something you wanted to add? No, no, no. I just recall hearing that it's a chalky substance. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, I used to, um, um, for those of you that know me, and I don't know if I've mentioned it here before, I have... Um, history I, I used to um do research at memorial sloan kettering so this is very familiar with, with patients who had to do scans and procedures like all of the prep work it's it's not fun you know like it's not fun but you know when you get the good news on the other side you know it's worth it um so she says you know she had to use a big mug to trick herself uh, so she wouldn't focus on the gallon size but it helped to finish much faster it was a lot because I didn't get any sleep and I had to be at the center for 7.30 a.m. the next morning for the procedure. I get it. I, I schedule early things too. So I'm like, let's get in and get out. Let's get it over with. I want to know now. I don't want to be like nervous all throughout the day. Like I want to just get it in mm -hmm. and get it done. And you know what? I think with colonoscopies, they tend to be scheduled first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My mom. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. they want to they want the system to be clear. So they'll schedule, you know, they'll give you that prep and then your first thing. Um, mm -hmm. Because then you don't have to you, you don't you're not eating anything. You're not. Right. Eating, right. So yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's like you tell me, like, you know, when they don't let you eat anything when you're in labor, it's just ice chips for you, lady. <laughs> Yes. Well, it's for a similar reason, right? They don't want any, well, well, it's for a different reason, but similar. Um, when you're pushing, they don't want anything unexpected to come out of unexpected right. places. So they just want babies to come out, right? Just so just not, baby. Poop, not poop, right? Not poop. <laughs> so she says, I was nervous for the procedure. I was more nervous about waking up and how the anesthesia would make me feel. Yeah, I, I could under, I could understand like being nervous about anesthesia. Um, luckily, when I woke up, I wasn't nauseous or have a headache. I had surgery before. My previous experience with anesthesia was unpleasant. Okay, mm -hmm. I was nauseous and had a horrible headache. Um, so this time, I was happy to wake up and not feel the way that way and feel normal. Everything went fine for the procedure and the results were normal. Um, so she actually, so good for you. Um, and she actually continues to say, um, and at that time, so I'm not, this was in 2014 and she says that she was, she was 54 at the time. Mm -hmm. So now, um, 2021 it's COVID and, um, it's time for a second colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now she's 61, uh, 62 and anxious since, uh, this time because of diet and medication she's been on, um, she had to take a docalax daily starting five days before right. the procedure um, okay. started to clean her intestines out slowly. Mm -hmm. um, she says, I wasn't always in the bathroom, but my bowel movements were a little more than usual. Three days before the procedure, I had to be on a, uh, what they call white diet. Um, and um, I think she starts to explain, so she could only eat bread, chicken broth, crackers, uh, white, white foods. Yeah, I guess like the chicken broth is like clear, you know, okay. uh, that is interesting, right? Um, uh, she couldn't drink milk. Um, because of the mucus, right? Milk, so, that, right so this right. is like, it's so hard for me to not like interject. Um, when we talk about milk, um, you know, being a, a mom, you the pediatrician will actually say, no, no, milk doesn't contribute to mucus, but, right. But then <laughs> I imagine 
that Miss um, V is saying that milk was something that she couldn't drink, even though they were telling her bread and crackers and broth um, were permissible because mucus sits in the body, particularly in the colon. And so it, if you think about what mucus does, right, it is going to kind of like make, if we go back to that glass analogy, it's going to make things all murky and unclear. Um, and could even impact um, how the the scope um, can navigate, right? Just think, mm. so, you know, it's slimy. It's so I, I find that very interesting to. Yeah. to hear. Um, I don't know how bread. I guess just so that you can have something that's going to fill your belly, maybe still expand. translucent enough yeah. for them to. That's. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Maybe it's easy to eliminate if it. So. Um, if Miss V is listening, yes. you can. I think she might be. Um, if you're able to respond, you can let us know if there's something mm-hmm. further about like mm-hmm. why you couldn't drink milk. Yeah. Um, so she says she could only drink water and grape or apple juice. I could eat Jello, but only the yellow one. This is so interesting. Is it? Was that? Yeah, it's about it's about how the translucency. Right. Okay. So if it's right. red or if it's purple, it's harder right. for them to see. So that's right. why there's this emphasis. But again, why not milk? Because of the mucus content. So okay. stay away from um, that. I'm going to go to the chat in a second. Um, she says, um, she only the yellow. I was upset because I don't like people telling me what I can eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't like to what to do, right? Don't tell right. me what to do. I do what I like. It's white, it's clear. He's like, it is white. What do you mean? Um, (laughs) I thought I would feel weak and be very gassy. Uh, just the thought of a white diet gave me a headache. As a person from the Caribbean, um, on a Sunday, you want your Sunday dinner, rice, beans, chicken, and salad. I couldn't do that, and I was mad and complaining. Anyway. I did survive and I was okay. I just don't want to do it again. The night before the colonoscopy, I had to drink a half, half a gallon of Miralax. Um, I mixed that powder with 32 ounces of Gatorade. I had to do the yellow one because they don't want you to mix with anything that has red, just like you said, the red yeah. or orange color. Um, it has to be clear and clean as possible so they can see as best inside of your mm-hmm. test. To your point, the glass, the glass analogy. That was really good, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, you always have these really good analogies. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good way of explaining. <laughs> I'm a visual learner, so I, I like picture things. <laughs> so she says, she goes on to say, um, they didn't want any residue. It was easier to drink this mixture than the liquid from the previous colonoscopy, I guess the chalky one. Um, one, it was less, and two, it was tastier. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, uh, since I had the colonoscopy before and I had no issues, I wasn't anxious or concerned. My appointment was at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to the center, got prepped, it was 8 a.m. Oh, wow. So it takes a takes a minute. Um, I waited another half hour before I was taken into the operating room. I don't even remember counting down as they started giving me the anesthesia. I just remember waking up in another area of the center. Once again, I didn't have any bad effects of the anesthesia. I was given my release papers that everything was fine and there was nothing to be concerned about. A nurse called me the following day to make sure I was feeling okay and that my bowel movements were fine. I then followed up with the GI doctor two weeks after the procedure and he reiterated that there was a small polyp but nothing to be concerned about and that I would do another colonoscopy in about five to 10 years. Doing the, I would ask if, again if you're if you're listening, Miss V, um, um, what did they do about the polyp? So since it was small, did they leave it? Did they take a biopsy of the polyp? And you know, because you said everything was fine, so I was just curious um, because this is like good to know. This and thank you so much for sharing your story. That's actually quite. Yes. Nice. <laughs> She says, um, during a colonoscopy, uh, doing a colonoscopy has given me peace of mind. This is good. So this is this is why we do the health screenings. It, it'll be nerve wracking. Like y'all gonna hear about my mammogram story during next our next episode. Right. Um, yeah. Go do it. Appointments tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she says, um, a few members in my family have had cancer, not colon cancer, but it makes you worry. 
sometimes. You never know which part of your body cancer can affect. So doing this makes me feel that part of my body is okay and healthy. Both procedures had their pros and cons. The first time the medication was bad. The second time I had to limit the food and I and uh, the food I liked and I had to watch what I ate. Um, so, oh, and so she says, um, if you're going for a colonoscopy, um, it's fine. Do it. Just be pre- prepared to be in the bathroom a lot. <laughs> she emphasizes a lot. <laughs> Talk with it. But you know what about using the bathroom a lot? You lose some weight. Because <laughs> you'd be surprised how many ounces or even some pounds into You're like, ha ha, three pounds lighter. <laughs> that needs to be eliminated. So there's some pros to the being in the bathroom. Yes, yes. Um, she says, talk with anyone you live with so they know the bathroom will be occupied. <laughs> Make sure your phone or iPad is charged. <laughs> She's giving, this is all you need right here. <laughs> She's like a note from the pro. Right. Um, you know, before, um, she says, um, talk with anyone you live with so they know the bathroom will be occupied. Make sure your phone or iPad is charged so when you're sitting there, you have something to read. Make sure you take some wipes in. <laughs> Wipe it off. We are in the bathroom. Um, there are different medications to take for the procedure. So talk with your doctor so you're getting the best one. Also very good. We have spoken about this on yeah. this show plenty of times before. Speak with your doctor. Don't just like take whatever. Ask questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Ms. V. Mm-hmm. Talk to the doctor. Make sure you're asking questions. And if you don't understand something, you keep talking and asking questions until you are crystal clear. Um, and if you need a second opinion, go do that. Um, she says, uh, um, not everyone gets the same medicine or amount of fluid slash powder to drink. It's always based on their doctor's recommendations. Also, talk to your doctor and ask questions if you're worried. Write them down. Oh, my goodness. This is so good. Write them down so you don't forget. I always keep a small notebook and pen in my bag if I think of anything. Miss V, we may want to have you on the show later. So, yes. you can, like, <laughs> you know, we'll talk about patient advocacy again. Yes. So, we'll sort of bring you on so you can say this live. Um your health is important, so don't delay in doing the required procedures and screenings. Thank you. Thank you so much for your share. That was really fun. That was um, good to read, good story, um, and I'm glad you shared. I'm going to ch- um, hop over. Do you mm-hmm. want to say something real quick while I, you know, kind of get us caught up on these chat comments? Um, no, I think I saw a question in the chat, so we can, yes. we can just go straight through. So really quickly, so Sabrina says, Ima Precious, you mentioned enemas. Did you suggest an at-home enema or using a holistic practitioner? So, yeah. So in general, I I think that um, at-home enemas are really a vital part of just anyone's self-care regimen, but women in particular, um, Mm -hmm. just the self-care routine. Um, it helps to kind of clear things out from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do your own research about the the benefits to at-home enema. And of course, you can do um, a holistic practitioner, but they tend to do more of the colonics um, and not an enema. Um, and so the distinction between an enema and a colonic is really how deep it goes, right? And how far it, it goes. And also the the process, the machinery, the equipment is very, very different. Um, so I, I think they're both really, really helpful tools um, and they kind of serve a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do an at-home enema, definitely do your research. You probably want a, a, an at-home system that... Um, does not have a backflow, like it actually blocks fluids from going back through the tube because then the tubes can become compromised and infection can happen. So you research, research, research. Um, And then also depending on what you're trying to address, uh, for example, if you're coming off of meats or cheeses, um, then you may want to add something. Add a movie screen, movie scene. Meats and cheeses. It's from bridesmaids. Is it? See, I, no, I did not want that. <laughs> um, you may want, if there are meats or cheeses, um, you know, sitting 
in your colon and you know it because you're bloated all the time or you're you know constipated you may want to add things like a little bit of apple cider vinegar which helps to flush out mucus um if you're gassy you may want to use liquid um garlic or kyolic um you can actually mince i'm mincing you can't see me but you can um you can prepare fresh garlic as well, but kyolic is good because it doesn't have the odor. Um, those are two, um, but I really think, you know, you definitely have to do your own research, um, but that's a little bit about enemas. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, what about enemas versus laxatives? Like, you know, what about just taking a laxative? Well, I mean, a laxative they, they can work together because a laxative, you know, you're, you're ingesting here and then it's working its way through the entire system. Um, but a better way to prep for even an enema or a colonic um, and perhaps even a colonoscopy is to shift your diet, you know, take, take in more greens. Yeah. Maybe start drinking more, you know, yeah like spirulina and, you know, maybe put some, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and maybe put a little bit of, um, oh gosh, psyllium husk, but make sure it's really finely graded um, ground um, just to help to begin to soften things up so that the egress is much easier. I'm trying yeah. to pick nice words here, nice. like soften things <laughs> up so the egress. Bum bum exams, that's right. Bum bum exams. I don't think I'll be saying that ever again in life. <laughs> no. Like, let me see what's happening. <laughs> All right. Greetings, top tier speakers. Um, so, Vanetta says, as, oh, okay. So, Vanetta Dudley, she says, yes. So, this is in response to the letter. She says, yes, took a biopsy to be sure, and it was fine. This is about the question about the polyp. Um, and she says, as for the bread, not sure why it was part of the diet, but it was on the list, you know, because usually they'll give you an approved list of things. Um, and she said, yes, did lose some weight to some of the COVID weight. (laughs) Awesome. Good for you, Miss B. We were talking about that COVID weight. It was working in freshman 15, like, you know. (laughs) What else? Um, Movie mode. Yes, I'm always in movie mode. Uh, Sabrina says, yes, psyllium is very helpful to irrigate the colon. This is awesome. So this could be, you know, these things like the enema, colonic, or, you know, laxative things to make the egress easier or to clean out from the inside. They're all good to do in between, um, but they, they're not substitutes for the actual examination or the screening. Um, you have to be able to see what's going on um, inside. So again, if you have like abnormal um, or irregular things that are happening, like basically it's not your baseline, there has been a change, you need to go see the doctor and figure out what's going on. So if there's rectal bleeding, there's pain, go see what's going on. And of course, sometimes you can figure out like, hey, I ate ice cream and I'm lactose intolerant. So probably you know where the pain is coming from. So maybe you don't have to go see. But if it's something like totally irregular from what's happening, make sure you go um, and do that. Uh, Shalom Kashia, Sister Kashia, top tier speaker says at home enemas are great. Mm-hmm. I used to uh, use them often. I've used herbs and a little bit of lemon on two separate occasions. Yes, lemon's but- also really good to cut the mucus. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, in all matters of herbs. The thing with herbs, um, and top tier speaker, definitely share what you've done. What I would usually do is actually make prepare the herbs as a tea um, and use that, the steeped water. So like a really concentrated, super strong tea um, and use that in, you know, along with the water in the, in the enema bag. Um, do you do it that way or do you actually, I've never actually used the herbs themselves. So I just wanted to get some clarity. That might be something to explore. And I guess I did. I never use herbs because I always thought that would be like a super rough kind of experience. So I'm. You I'm mean like in the tea or just like? No, no. Like whether she means using the herbs, the actual herbs themselves in the enema bag. Like I'm just curious because uh, they really. 
I'm assuming, I'm assuming though, she may be ref- referencing the use of the T and not the, I just think it would be a little scratchy on the way out. That's all. I mean, maybe I would imagine if you don't put them in dry. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking you. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, well, what was that? I keep pointing the wrong way. Oh, here you go. You're not this way, right? You're not, <laughs> I'm not asking you I'm like, at all. <laughs> I'm like, well, why did you do that? Right. I'm assuming, and I also for the for the audience, um, what right? What a visual. <laughs> That's a litter of broom sweep. That is a litter of broom sweep. That's what you don't want. Okay? Yeah, I'm like. Mm-hmm. But I, but again, I want you know for people reading this. Right. Okay. So she's saying a T because I don't want someone to read this and come back later and think, oh, I can use T and put it in my, no, you're not taking the dry herb. You're not steeping the dry herb. You're going to steep it and prepare it as you would a tea. Take the herbs out and use the the water. You you use the tea. Um, So I just wanted to make sure. Um, But you know what? I can say though, that I also have used um, probiotics. Um, and what you do is you just, you know, I use the, um, the vegan probiotics that are in the the capsules and you can just take them out of the capsules. Um, and that's another thing that you can do, but again, you have to do your own research. Yeah. You know, find out what is better for your body and what you're able to do. Just like Miss V said, talk to your doctor, figure out what's best for you now. And when we say figure out what's best for you, because I want to, I saw something on the internet. The other day, and I'm not even gonna. Everything this this young lady, this young female, I'm gonna say it like that, wanted to do something, and everything that she read in her research said, "Don't do it." But she turned around and said, "Well, I have to do what I feel it resonates with me." Mm. But all of the factual and truthful information said, "Don't do it. Not- Reconsider." <laughs> So, Read so, the literature on the matter. See that right. so music. What's best for your body? We're talking about common sense here. Like, so this is not well. Everything says don't do this, but I have to do what's best for me. That that's not what I'm saying. So I just want to make that very, very clear. Right. right, right <laughs> so this right. doesn't mean use dry herbs and put them in places where they don't belong. Okay. No, don't do that. Actually. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. So thank you for clarifying. Top tier speaker said, I use the herbs as a tea and dilute it with water. Exactly. I don't use the actual herbs, but um, <laughs> she said, LOL, it got stuck once. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Yes. And then Sabrinit says, um, you can use it as a tea or decoction. Yes, that was the word I was trying to think of. Okay. Uh, right um yeah so give thanks for that um <clears throat> let's see what was the difference when using probiotics um was definitely researching it and only tried okay um so hmm what were the di- I don't know that I could even tell you what the difference was I can tell you what compelled me to experiment with probiotics um and it really had to do with hmm I know that I can, you know, take, like I can, let's use apple cider vinegar. I can, you know, drink with diluting it and with lemon and et cetera. I can drink apple cider vinegar and I know what effect it has. And then I know the difference between mixing it in um, an enema. So I was curious about that with probiotics. I know how it benefits, you know, the, the flora and the gut and the bacteria, um, I was curious about how it could potentially benefit that way. So I was just having my own personal experiment. <laughs> so you do the same if you like. <laughs> okay. Um, he says outcast. Um, oh, that was the perfect. reconsider. Read some literature. Yes, outcast. <laughs> okay. Because okay. I'm like, the, the music person is over there. That's the music. Yeah, she got it right. She got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gorilla glue is not for your hair. Absolutely, yeah. So we're not doing silly it's things. Like read the instructions. Read the yeah. instructions. <laughs> read every area. That's right. 
Um, oh, yes. The herbs got stuck in the ember. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> Top tier speaker, okay. Okay. which is actually what I imagined. Like once I verbalized the question, I said, well, you know, the the hole on the enema tube is pretty small. So the herbs would get stuck anyway. Um, for the most part, it would actually block the liquid from coming out. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Good, 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 good. Um, lot of laughs. Great. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad talking about colonoscopies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try to keep it light, but you know, it's a it's a serious <laughs> thing. And um, these preventive or preventative um, screenings are really, really essential. And I'm glad that we could add some levity to the whole um, poop shoot exploration. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Bum Bum exam was so much better. Than oh, was it? Oh, see. <laughs> I think it was softer than poop shoot. <laughs> oh, where did I get? I think I know where I got that from. Never mind. I'll, I'll never use that one again. I'm just gonna be professional. So it is great that we can add some levity to yeah, edit that part out of the podcast, please. It's live, honey. It's <laughs> you say it what you say. <laughs> you say it what you say. <laughs> but you know what? Get a colonoscopy. Um mm-hmm. Definitely get that baseline between 45 and 50. That's yeah. important. But more important um, than even doing that is really pay attention to how you eat and make the right choices. We know meat and meat products are not good for us. This isn't, yeah. I mean, we're in 2021. This is not a surprise. It's not a big, you know, shocker or spoiler alert. Um, so just take take it really seriously and where you can begin to cut back on those things and processed foods, your body will thank you. Um, and, you know, I know you, Deidre, had asked the question about the polyps and, and Miss V did explain that um, that it was healthy. It was a health, uh, as healthy as a polyp can be, right? Non-cancerous or benign. Um, but you know, that whole watch and wait component of um, Western medicine or allopathic medicine is really our opportunity to make the changes in our lifestyle so that the um, leave it and wait or watch it and wait can actually be um, healed because you're making those shifts in your diet. So just another plug for yeah and you know it's key because like there's a few things like you know a lot of people are junk whether it's bandwagoneering or people really wanting to change like their eating habits you know everybody's moving to plant-based there's all these lab food options of plant-based food and things like that so but the idea of plant-based is very popular whether it's lab food or people actually picking um live food to ingest right um and this is it's a good thing because it it at least gets people thinking about it maybe you can wean yourself off of the lab-based plant-based plant food um but the point is like you know you have people who are younger and younger eating we eat different now i know that i eat different from my parents did i always eat like this no but you know i'm part of that generation that's like making that shift um which is a good thing because when we talk about um we're talking about colonoscopies and these screening exams and the reason why we get them and colorectal cancer being like a main, you know, kind of thing that is being screened for um, more and more, um, especially when it comes to melanated people, we, we, we tend to get diseases at a higher rate than other, our other, uh, other racial and ethnic groups. And then we die from them. So when it comes to like colorectal cancer, black Americans are diagnosed 20% more than um, their white counterparts or any other um, ethnic group. And then we're 40% more likely to die from these diseases. So when we are doing, when we're proactive and we're, we're moving in a way where we're being pro- proactive and we're, we're engaging in preventative practices like getting health screenings, changing our eating, you know, then these numbers and these, we won't be statistics. You don't want to be a statistic in that way. So um, these are things to pay attention to, especially like recently, you know, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, he passed away. He was, you know, know, he, uh, 43 years old. That's young. That's really young. Um, And he passed, that's pre 
the age that you're even supposed to start getting screened. Mm -hmm. So there's something to say with like, you know, our diets and, you know, the things that are just happening in society, you know, things that we're ingesting internally, whether it be physical ingestion or just like energetic ingestion, like, you know, causing stress like these and, and genetics, you know, these are the things that we have to pay attention to. So whatever we can do to help our genetics along, we should probably be doing that. Yes. So, yeah. And you know when you when you shared the stats earlier about I think you said eight to ten percent five to ten the um, edit part yes yeah right eight to ten percent um, I I wanted to just say you know then that leaves what ninety two ninety to ninety two percent of this to be like in your control in your hands you know no maybe the environmental factors but definitely the components of stress right and how you manage it and um and just to kind of pivot to the chat as it pertains to stress top tier speaker says that she's noticed that the enema helps with mental clarity and feeling more energized so definitely you feel more energized because right just think about it you lose weight you exercising toxins. Right, exactly. You're releasing, right, you're releasing lots of toxins. So, but then it also helps with, you know, oxygenating the brain and getting more because your body isn't focused on processing or eliminating food that's just stuck. So it's more energy that can make its way up to, 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 uh, yeah, to the brain. Um but yeah, it, it's really important that you take that 90% seriously because so mm -hmm. many times, you know, media and our physicians and just uh -oh. old school way of thinking genetically predisposed to X, not just what we're discussing, cancer, but just you think that you have no chance because of genetic predispositions. But it's really that you are eating and living like the... Mm -hmm the people in your past and some of those things when changed would also change the um the dis-ease and imbalance that you introduce into your life right, right. You with that yeah yeah so i think we got one last comment savani says such an important point precious shifting to a whole foods plant-based plant <laughs> you know, i'm ready like do it I know we do acronyms very well. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> Whole foods plant-based lifestyle has helped with frequent and proper cycles of elimination. The diet has a huge impact on the clogging of our digestive tracts and the colon. You know, let me tell you when um, it's so interesting. And I, and I think what I'll do is like, you know, reach back and, and, and see some of my colleagues from Memorial Sloan Kettering, because when I was there, interestingly enough, um, I did uh, where I was, the lot of work that I did with them was within their uh, STGI, solid tumor gastrointestinal department. And so this deals with everything from the throat all the way down to the rectum because it's, it's the gastrointestinal tract. So from the time it enters your mouth um, and it goes down into that gullet, so esophageal, um, pharynx, and then every, even, even everything in between, like liver, pancreas, all of it. Um, so, and, uh, and a lot of the times it's interesting, like when there's different procedures or things that they recommend patients to eat, it's not always plant-based. So I want to make sure, I want to get, it, it, and it'll be interesting to find out why, you know, cause there's this push for, oh, we, we recommend patients to get a lot of protein in. And the, the truth is, it's like, you don't need meat to give you protein. You need things that help to produce amino acids. So that's the thing that people don't say. And there are plenty of foods that help to do that, just to transit where the amino acids will um, transition into protein. Um, and I had to learn that, you know, in switching to a plant-based diet. Because, you know, that's the question people are, what are you going to do for protein? Yes. Meat is not the only thing that has protein. And where does the meat get its protein? Because they're from vegetarians. The from mm. the grass. Mm. They're out there. <laughs> so we'll be just fine. Something to think about. Yeah. We'll be just fine. So um woof up whole foods plant based diet. <laughs> oh, I'm like, what was that? Yes. <laughs> so we are supportive. <laughs> <laughs>
She supports that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Vanessa, this is my connection. Keep going out. Thank you for this, and thanks for sharing the story. And have a great, oh, great, good, happy birthday to you as well, Vanetta. Thank you so much for sharing the story. Um, we will have plenty of opportunities for more storytelling and more sharing. Um, uh, sorry, that's y'all funny. Um, you are welcome, Sovereignies, and you're welcome, top tier speakers. You're welcome, Vanetta. Thank you so much, Kashia. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. Um, Princess, you have anything last you want to say before we close out? That's our no, talk. No, just you know, our mission with this whole series, right? Um, is to really shed light but also offer insights as to what you can do that kind of goes beyond what you'll get in the the normal public health arena. Um, Mm -hmm. Own your process, own your body, own the information because it's out there. Um, Do your research. And as Ms. V eloquently said, go with your questions, take your notes and, um, and be empowered. Mm -hmm. Good. Thanks. Good. Thanks. So, as always, if you have anything that you would like to hear us talk about, definitely um, shoot an email, truehealthlive at gmail.com. You can DM us at truehealthlive on Gmail, or, or I'm sorry, on IG or Facebook, or I think we're on TikTok. If you can email, you can DM DJ Sully on TikTok if you want to go on TikTok. I don't know. Um, but we're there. There's you there. So but you can also make sure you hit that like, share, and subscribe button. Um, also make sure to put things in the comments. If there are any other questions or things that you want to ask um afterwards, if there's a question for Miss V, I can probably get in touch with her, right, Benetta? Um, and um we'll, you know, uh, willfully we'll be able to get like some further questions answered. If you have questions for us, make sure you put them in the chat. Um uh make sure you join us. In about two weeks, we'll be um, continuing our preventative medicine series and talking about health screenings. And we're going to talk about mammograms. We're going to have a lot of story time for that one. So we got some mammogram stories on deck. (laughs) So make sure you join us. Don't miss it. It's going to be a good time. Okay. Peace, everyone. Thanks for joining. Thank you for joining us here at True Health Live. Remember to like, save, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment and send an email if there's a topic if you want to discuss. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at True Health Live. You can also listen on DeidraSully.com. If there's a topic you'd like to discuss or hear, you can send an email to truehealthlive at gmail.com. See you next time.